Welcome back. Welcome back to a brand new episode of uh, Car Sales 101 podcast episode. Let me get that right. So I am having the enjoyment of recording this whole entire podcast at my house. I don't have to do it in my car. Um, by the way, I've, I've finally got a day off after two weeks. Good news is uh, our dealership as a, as a whole, we hit uh, both of our CPO numbers and our new car numbers, which brought a lot of dealer cash into the um, mix. So anyways, um, so glad to be at my house, just chilling, relaxing. Got to watch my kids jump on the trampoline. Got to enjoy my time a little bit. Um, got to clean up the house. Bad news is my daughter, who I love very much, um, was very sick today. She woke up and, man, I'm telling you, puke and all that other good stuff everywhere. It can uh, test your, uh, what is it, test your love as a parent, <laughs> which you have to clean up after your kids. But with that being said, um, I want to get started with the podcast. Before we do that, let me do a little bit of cleanup. Um, Y'all know where to find me on uh, Facebook, Tony Story, S-T-O-R-I-E. You can find me on Instagram, at TNTDad2728. And you can also find me on LinkedIn under Tony, in parentheses, Anthony, last name, story. Um, if you are sending me a friend request, just hit me up. Say, hey, look, man, uh, I just heard your podcast and whatnot. Because I get a lot of friend requests lately. And I think everybody is. But the thing is, I think I'm getting people that are listening to the podcast that I don't know for sure if you are or not. And then I'm just getting random car people. So I think they're just going through and adding friends. So anyways, and it's been at all time high recently, the last two months. But anyways, long story short, uh, y'all know where to find me. And then the other thing is, um, if y'all find value in this and you've listened to this episode, or not this episode, the episodes before this, because I think we're on episode 43. So that means there's 42 more episodes before this. So please go back and listen to the first one. Uh, if you're new in the car business, if you just started here, please go back to the first one. That way you get some insight on it. Also, if you've been in the car business for a while, make sure you um, take the time and just kind of refresh yourself on some of this stuff. Because the best thing that I know for me recording these podcasts is I've refreshed some memories that I've had in the past. And it's also allowed me to put some practices back in place. All right. Uh, other than that, make sure you all give me a five-star review, whatever platform you're listening to me on, Spotify, uh, iTunes, um, the Anchor app, whatever it is, just give me a five-star review. I truly appreciate that. And then write a little review. Uh, if you have anything you want to hit me up on in private message, DM or whatnot, and there's a specific episode you want me to cover uh, or a specific topic you want me to cover, I'll do that for you. And also, please, I'm looking to interview people. So if you live in the Houston area and you listen to my podcast, please hit me up. I want to interview you. I want to give you a shout out. I don't want to kind of hear where you're at in the car, uh, the car sales um, business of it. So if you're whether you're selling cars, manager, finance manager, GM, whatever it may be, please give me the time to sit down and interview you and see what's going on in your life. And that way you can spit your game, spit your hustle, spit whatever knowledge you think would be valuable to everybody out there. I truly, truly, truly appreciate that. All right, so this this episode so isn't so much for salespeople as it is managers, but for the last two months, yeah, two months now, um, I've been more of a pencil pusher uh, instead of a manager. But I've been also managing, but it's been from afar and from... Um, how do I put this? I haven't been able to sit down and put all my talents and my skills into place. By the way, if y'all hear that noise in the background, it's my kids. Um, they're outside playing around, stuff like that. So I just told them, let me record my podcast. Just real quick, give me 20 minutes. It's like 22 minutes. But anyways, um, so here's what happens. I think sometimes whenever we get promoted to... Ma so 
this is what I see happen in the car business. I think sometimes we as um, sales managers, GMs, uh, I'm not, I haven't been a GM yet, um, but as an industry as a whole, we see the top salesperson and we take we we want to promote that person. Um, we promote them because we think that the top salesperson, they, they can be a good manager, which is in most cases somewhat true, somewhat not true. Uh, most of your top salespeople do want to go after management positions, but some don't want to do it at all. But we take it upon ourselves to make that decision for them, and we never fully ask them. And that's one thing I wanted to uh, kind of touch on. When that happens, sometimes whenever these salespeople get on the, on the desk, they're not taught to properly manage, and what they do is they become pencil pushers. So all you really do is just do pencils and send them out because you think that you finally reached the final uh, resting point, the destination that you want to be at for the rest of your life. Unfortunately for me, I want to be a GM. I want to learn. I want to teach. I want to do everything I possibly can to uh, learn everything. And in these last two months, me being uh, in my position, losing my used car manager and uh, being in direct contact with my GM uh, every day and also going through a whole new, whole new finance department and you know even some half of my staff because whenever you bring in change to a dealership, some people don't want, don't want that change to happen and what they do is they fight against it. Um, you as a manager, if you're a part of that change, you have to fight against those that are fighting against it and the fact that you need to know what's right and you know what, what's good and stuff like that. But um, when I came in, I didn't want to be a pencil pusher. I didn't want to be one of those managers that just popped out pencils and gave them to uh, salespeople and didn't want to manage and uh, set my expectations. So what I try to tell you all is that I think sometimes when we get promoted, I think you as managers, along with me, we get in that comfort zone and all we want to do is push pencils. We don't want to take turn on customers uh, and we want to manage the numbers. We don't want to manage the people. And managing the numbers is we look into the CRM and all we want to do is sit there and manage them by numbers. Oh, you haven't made enough phone calls. You haven't done you know, enough emails. You haven't sent enough text messages. But here's the thing. That's you being a pencil pusher and not a manager. When you become into that position, you need to take the skills and knowledge that you learned and what made you successful and duplicate those onto the salespeople um, that are underneath you. You also need to take the fact that whenever you're duplicating that process, you also need to continue to learn from those people around you, whether it be through books, whether, whether it be through uh, videoing, uh, online videos, um, YouTube, whatever it may be, you need to sit there and take what you learn, duplicate it, and continue to learn. Because what happens is, you know, I've heard a lot of people in the sales car business and even in sales, they'll sit there and come up to me, man, what do you know? You've only been in the business seven or eight years. Well, yeah, I get it. I haven't been in the business near as long as half the other people have. Sorry, but I've worked myself up to that, that position where I'm at because what I did is I took what I knew. Um, and mind you, when I was at Legacy Ford, um, my ego grew really, really, really big and you really couldn't tell me what to do. And what I did is I became a pencil pusher and I browbeated a lot. And, and I had to learn the hard way once I left there that, that you don't always have to do that. It was a very humbling experience. But um, back on the subject is that, you know, I think sometimes we uh, get into these positions that, that where we're at, like, hey, I want to be a sales manager. And you get there and, you know, some of the salespeople uh, will be in that business for 10 or 15 years and they'll sit there and say, and they're 12 car salesmen, 10 car salesmen. They haven't really elevated themselves at all. They haven't done anything different except sell, sell the same 10 or 12 people that they sell every month. Um, and they haven't really gone outside their, their limits. And you know what, the, what they'll tell you, because even if you're new and being a sales manager and you haven't been in the business as long as they have, 
what they'll, they'll tend to tell you is, you know, um, hey, you know, you've only been doing business for, you know, seven years. I've been in the business for 15, 15 years. And yet they applaud themselves for being in the business 15 years and they're still selling 10 to 12 cars a month. If you've been in the business car business for 10 to 12 years, you should have a book of business that, that extends way beyond uh, most of your average salespeople. After two years, I had, a, I had a decent book of business. I had a lot of repeat and referral customers that I could typically call on and get, some, get, get somebody to hit me up with a new car deal. Uh, whether it be through you know Facebook, me me hitting them up with a message or whatnot, I still always had that ability, um, and I also did it on the internet too. So I, I try to do several different areas of, whether it be back there into the uh, body shop, but that what that salesperson that sells ten to twelve cars is is they think that they have fifteen years of experience, but they really don't. What they have is that one year experience fifteen times over, and they've never gone past that one year of experience. Whether it stopped at year number two, year number three, it just stopped and they didn't elevate themselves to the next level, learn and become more than what they truly could be. And so that not only happens in the sales portion of it, that happens in finance and that happens as a sales manager. Sometimes when we get promoted to be to being a sales manager, we get into that position where we don't want to, um, sorry, my son's in here, but we get into that position as a sales manager to where, you know, be careful, this door is about to get loud. But anyways, we get into that position as a sales manager. Sorry for the background noise. We get into that position as a sales manager and um, we repeat that same thing over and over and over and over again. And what we do is we get happy <laughs> with the uh, success we had two years ago and we judge ourselves based on that success and we don't elevate past that success. So, and you've all heard that story um, you as salespeople and me as a manager, well, 10 years ago, back in the business, whenever uh, I was, uh, you know, a sales manager over at, you know, uh, ABC Chevrolet, you know, we sold, you know, 5,000 cars that year, blah, blah, blah. And what you're doing is you're living your, you, what you did is you kind of set the bar at where the highest level of where you're going to be at. And whether it be 5,000 cars you know, a thousand cars, whatever it may be, you've set that bar and now that's your success that you'll never reach again. You you set the thermometer and if y'all have ever listened to Ed Milet, you've set the thermometer in your life, whether it be at like 78 degrees or 79 degrees, that you're never gonna go above that 79 degrees. And so what you need to do as a sales manager is you need to get outside your comfort zone. You know, those of you that have been sitting on the desk and been pencil pushers for a year or two years, six months, three months, and you let your ego um, dictate that you're not going to do certain things anymore. What you need to do is you need to go out there and move cars every once in a while. You need to walk your lot. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not perfect at it, but what I've done recently in the last two months is I'm trying to turn this whole entire dealership around, but I'm trying to get out more and do everything that I can. We're switching over CRMs. But I, I, I did these things in order to um, delegate certain things in my life, Okay. And that's another thing too, whenever you become a pencil pusher, you, you become somewhat of a control freak and you become somewhat of a micromanager. I just got done reading this book. Um, if y'all ever want to go check it out, um, um, shoot, what's it called? By Jocko Wilnick and uh, um, Leif Babin, um, Extreme Ownership. And so what happens is, is you know, some sales, sales, some sales, manager, sales managers I work with and some that I haven't. You know, that they believe whether in having a desking salesperson or not, 
Um, at one dealership that I worked at, Fred Haas Twitter World, we had people that dusted their own deals, which allowed managers to have that ease to where they didn't have to go out there and monitor everything. But what you did is you set a parameter in place. You can't go below this. You can't, you can't uh, do this on the interest rate, so on and so forth. So what you do in the aspects of, you know, you have salespeople underneath you. And I, I believe some salespeople, you should allow them to pencil their own deals. The reason why you want to do that is because um, you need to delegate some of your authority to do some things. You know, if you're sitting there and you're just a pencil pusher and you're sitting behind the desk and you're not managing and you're not training your people, you're not bringing them up to that next level. So what I mean by that is, is if you know you have a task that is um, of not your highest importance to do, but one of your salespeople can do, and it's one of your salespeople that is wanting to get into management, this is one of those things that you can delegate to them, let them run with it and see how they um, elevate to either the level you want them to, or they rise to the level, become the cream of the crop, rise to the level of what you expect out of that, that assignment that you gave them. If not, they're, they're going to fail and you know you can sit there and you go back in there and train them again, but you know you sit there and you got to take some of what you've learned and you got to trust it and bestow it on other people. Um, and what that does is it delegates a lot of what you're supposed to do onto other people. Now, I'm not saying that you need to delegate all of your authority so you can kick back and, and put your feet up. What I am saying is, you know, us, whenever I was a pencil pusher, I did everything. I did dealer trades. I did everything I possibly could. Uh, and I'm kind of falling into that same fashion once again. But I noticed this time I'm delegating some more stuff out slowly but surely. And I'm going behind and I'm checking and I'm reviewing and seeing what's going on. Um, but what happens is, um, when you delegate your authorities out, it allows you to sit back and see the bigger picture sometimes. Because what happens is, and this was in this was in the book Extreme Ownership, and this is why I'm trying to tell you. This is why I'm telling you not to be a pencil pusher and just bury your head in, in pencil and deals and the CRM. It doesn't. It allows you to sit back and see where possible mistakes are happening. For instance. You're sitting there and you're managing and you're telling your salespeople to make at least 20 phone calls or 25 phone calls a day. At the end of the day, you know, you have an eight car salesman bringing to you and he's done quick. He's got 25 phone calls, 25 text messages, 25 emails. Well, if you're not tracking his progress and he's still selling eight cars month after month after month, but he's the first one to bring it to you, he might not be saying the right thing on the phone. He might not be sending the right text messages out and he might not, do, not, might not be sending the right emails out. So what happens is, is if you don't, if you try not to manage by the numbers and go in there and do it yourself and you get involved in it and you delegate certain authorities out, this allows you to sit down, review what some of your salespeople are doing, re review some of their performance, review what's being sent out. That way you can, you know, take yourself to the next level. Because when you take some of your, uh, your everyday, you know, uh, duties off of you and you give them to other people, it, it allows you to see the bigger picture, the bigger overview of, of what's going on and say, hey, I need to change this here. I need to change this here. I need to change this here. All right, did, is Joe doing that task? Um, Tammy's doing that task that I asked her and uh, Bob's doing the other task that I asked her. So everybody's doing the task that I asked them to do. Um, same thing goes for finance. You know, I've worked at a few different dealerships where, you know, finance really all I had to do is spend paper, but you know, I've worked at also, also dealerships where finance hasn't had to spend papers. And, you know, they need to go out there and take turns, so on and so forth. Whereas you taking a turn on every customer is almost doing you a disservice because you thinking that you can close every customer um, might not be the right answer. So, you know, once again, don't be a pencil pusher when it comes to that. 
you know, and being that, that, that monotone robot, what you need to do is you need to get sit there and, and get your team around you. Say, hey, look, you know, these are the types of customers I typically do very, generally that I do very well with, but there's some of the sell, the, some of these um, customers I don't, don't do very well with, and I'm going to grab you early. I'm going to see what's going on. Or, hey, I want to get finance involved early on a couple of these deals, a couple of these customers. Oh, man, I'm taking a drink of water. But as for instance, there was a deal on Saturday that we did that, you know, we made a lot of profit on. But the thing was is that, you know, the finance manager said, hey, structure the deal, put them in finance, I'll close them. And what he was trying to do is close them at MSRP and uh, hold all the gross he could. Long story short, that came around and uh, it didn't bite him in the butt, but it got me involved in discounting the price of the vehicle and listening to the customer. And we ended up making a deal with that customer. But it's those simple things here and there that if you pay attention to it, um, it just elevates you to the next level. So, um, and I'm not trying to rag on you, uh, those that are managers, or if you're going to ever, ever, ever elevate to that position yourself, you as salespeople, you know, here's the one thing I can tell you is, is if you sit there behind the desk and you become a pencil pusher, you're never going to succeed. You can either stay in that position that you're at for the longest time and just be Joe, the uh, sales manager that, you know, they can always rely on. Or you can elevate yourself to the next level, work outside your comfort zone, learn things that are not, um, um, not, not, how do I put this? Learn things that are not of the norm at your place, okay? Learn things that might help you to sell a few more cars or might help you manage a little bit better or might, you know, help you uh, get a little bit more product knowledge or help you might get a little bit better, higher satisfaction on the customer satisfaction level. And, and those are the simple things to me that I think elevate each and every one of us as managers and salespeople. So, you know, when I go on, I don't rag on managers as a whole, but I've worked in the business uh, for about seven or eight years, and I've seen managers that have sat back and just talked about the good old days and how many cars they used to sell and the old dealership that they worked at and what they used to do. And what they've done is they've set that thermometer uh, level, the temperature level in the room, and they have never been able to go above it because if they go above that, it's uncomfortable for them. And I don't want that to be the instance for everybody. I mean, this, these last two, these last two weeks uh, and the last two months have been the most uncomfortable positions I've ever been in because, you know, I have a lot of salespeople that work for me and I, and I love most of them to death that are, are the entitlement mentality. You know, I have salespeople going missing um, every once in a while that I don't even know that they're gone. And, you know, I have salespeople going around me, going to the GM, going around both desk managers. And what it does is, you know, uh, it's brought me into uncomfortable conversations with the, the salespeople. Um, it's also brought me in, into uncom- uncomfortable co- conversations with customers, too. Because, you know, sometimes if the expectation level is not set between you and the salesperson, you know, they'll start going to promise things and, you know, you're, you're, you're going to start paying for it. And it just all sorts of things happen that you that need to not happen uh, one of the good instances I can tell you about is not, it was yesterday. Um, and whether the salesperson was trying to put me together or the customer was trying to put me together, together, um, I, the customer asked me, Hey, don't I get the $3,000 dealer cash and the, the 1.9% financing? And I said, Nope, it's one or the other. But I said it with such affirmity, you know, that at the end of the day, um, I, I don't know if the salesperson was trying to put me together or the uh, customer was, but long story short, deal went back into finance, made some money, and everybody was happy. So, you know, 
let's just recap on everything I've said because I'm about to cut off here real quick. Don't be a pencil pusher. Be a sales manager. Put out what your expectations are. Make sure those cust- make sure your salespeople know what they are. Learn to delegate your authority to other uh, salespeople, uh, other managers, other other people that work with you, and don't take on everything. That way, you know you get swamped down, and you can see from a bird's eye view. Take what you've learned as a salesperson and what made you successful, and also take that up to the next level and teach, and then go back and follow up and teach and go back and follow up because that's the only way that you're going to make your team better, and that's what I try to do on a constant basis. I try to teach them, and then I go back and I follow up to make sure they're doing what I said. So anyways, um, just a real quick recap and review. Don't be a pencil pusher. Be a sales manager. Go out there, teach, lead, and uh, give your team the guidance that they need, and don't just sit back and talk about the good old days, okay? Um, Y'all know where to find me on Facebook, Um, Tony Story, S-T-O-R-I-E, on Instagram, at TNTDad. 2728 and on LinkedIn, Tony in parentheses, Anthony, last name story. Uh, the other thing is, guys, this could be the hardest five figure job that you ever had in car sales, or it could be the easiest six figure job. That just depends on you. And we all win when we all win. So make sure if you find value in this information, share it with somebody, send it to them in a DM, text message, private message, however you got to share it, airdrop it. I don't care. Just please share it with everybody you know. And guys, you know, I love you. Thank you for listening. Um, I don't know if we're picking up more followers or y'all just listening to episodes to make me feel good for listening a couple times over, but guys, I truly appreciate, appreciate each and every one of y'all. Like I said, if y'all have anything y'all want to hear, please hit me up. I'll record it for you. All right, guys. Peace.